In just a moment, you'll hear the American voice of our dear friend, Neil Gamble. And uh, last episode and this and the, and the following two will simply be um, him sharing his heart and conviction in relation to intimacy, walking with God and hearing the voice of God. I trust that you'll not just enjoy it, but you'll find value and understanding for your own faith and mission as God's sent ones into the world. So, once I have stepped into the position, and I'm absolutely assured that I'm there, and I have repented from rejecting all of God's provision, and I have received not only His voice commandments and His position of being under Him in all things, but also the empowerment, then the next thing comes is that I have to learn from these positions how to hear. Uh, because most of that has been taken away from us by the church and by the leadership that says, I hear, I'll tell you if you hear. That whole thing has to be reversed in our life, and we have to come to the place where we first trust our position, and second, we trust our provision. Those two things are the foundation of then entering into a place where we can become prayer. Not do prayer, but become prayer. Because it's no longer I don't generate something from myself, but it is generated and passed to me, and then I put it out into the world. So it becomes God's Word. In 1 John, he says, If we pray according to His will, we know that the petitions we desire are done. We have always taken that as to the general provisions of the Word, the Bible, instead of knowing exactly His will for any exact thing. Oh, we're, we're so far away from the place of a father-son intimacy or a older brother-younger brother intimacy that we cannot fathom the reality that God wants to speak to me about washing dishes, that God wants to speak to me about where I drive, where I drive, what speed I go, what road I go on, uh, recognizing that all of those things are important to keep being completing God's will and praying and being that prayer that he needs to change the world. So we attain to the position, we receive the position, uh, the, the provision, and then we come to the place of implementation, which then we have to go back and look at some scriptures in John 10 where he says, My sheep know my voice, and the voice of another they will not follow. My sheep know my voice. It doesn't say, my sheep learn my voice. My sheep know my voice. There is no place in the Bible where it says that you need to be skeptical about God's voice. It says, don't trust people that come who are actually Satan's ministers sent disguised as ministers of light. So we test the spirit of people. We test the spirits of those who speak to us. But nowhere in the Bible, nowhere does it ever say that you won't know and that you have to test God's voice, which is a crazy thought because most people live so far from that. When God speaks, they're going, how can I trust that this is God? How can, I, how can this be God? You know, I better test this out and get four or five confirmations. Well, okay, as a baby, that's great. I don't have anything against that, and we do need to check with others. But we need to check with others who know how to hear, not those who tell us that they're in control. We have to find a place where we find someone who says, yeah, why wouldn't that be God? 
which is what we need to change our statement to. Instead of why would this be God, we have to change it to why wouldn't it be God. God doesn't want to mock us. God does not want us to fail. God does not want the enemy to win. God wants every soul to be saved. God wants to destroy the works of the devil. So we have an incredible foundation of the will of God that gives us a huge thing to know the voice of God within us. People want the voice of God to come from outside. Everybody says, well, I've never heard the voice of God because they want an audible voice. Well, where does God live? He lives inside me. So where is his voice coming from? Inside me, for the most part. On occasion, you may be privileged enough to have God speak into a room and, and have it blow you away, uh, in a sense. But the normal place that God speaks is from our heart, from inside us. And we, we need to come to the place of understanding that and then trusting it. Uh, in hearing God, uh, the religious church says, don't trust your emotions, don't trust those voices in your head. But yet God says in John, and as sons of God, that we hear him. It's normal for us to hear him. And if God doesn't move us emotionally, the devil will. And the devil's the copy. God was emotional. God does live in our imagination. How did he create a tree? He imagined it. How did he create Neil? He really imagined it. Okay, so there, there's, a, there's a place where we've got to shy away from the general teaching that has said, cast down every thought and your imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, meaning that everything that I visually see or feel can't be God. That's not what that scripture says. It says, cast down those things that exalt themselves against God. So those things that are contrary to intimacy are against God. Those things that are contrary to the reality of his statement that I can hear him, I know him, I live with him, I can be led by him, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Those things that take me away from that position, those are the thoughts we need to cast down. Those are the things we need to go, that is not God, that's religion. You know, it, it, when, it, when it tells us the steps of a righteous man are guided by the Lord and the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, what you need to do is you need to stand up and, and have close your eyes and have somebody put some chairs around you while your eyes are closed and then have that person stand there in silence and you try and find them. You'll run into everything because you can't see. We can't see God. But the second option is, is all those chairs are around us and this voice that we trust goes take two steps forward, turn to the right, take one step, and with that direction we bypass the obstacles. We bypass that which is set to destroy us, that is set to keep us from walking in who God wants us to be. So I can't see God. I must hear him if the sons of God are to be led by the Spirit of God. If the right steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, then I must have an intimate knowledge of that. Most people in looking for the God, voice of God in prayer are looking for audible things or visual representations rather than trusting. And they, they listen so hard 
that they walk right by the voice of God. And they say, no, that can't be God. No, that can't be. No, that's just me. And those are the deceptions of the enemy. When I walk into God's, this realm of being his son and being prayer, then I have an anticipation that without praying, he will lead me. Without speaking a question, he will lead me because it's his promise. It's his kingdom. He wants to destroy the works of the devil and seek and save the lost. So I can wait and sit in his presence as he guides me through the maze of the enemy's roadblocks, of the enemy's uh, destructions, uh, of my fleshly desires. Uh, I, I have perfect peace in the midst of turmoil and chaos all around. <coughs> God leads us by peace. He doesn't have to repeat himself because he'll speak in a way you understand. He doesn't have emergencies. He won't push you and say, you got to do this now, you got to do this now. That's only the enemy that does that kind of crap. The, end, the Lord knows our time frame, what's going to happen between when he speaks to us and when we actually get to the point of what he wants us to do. Uh, it's an incredible freedom. He's my dad. So uh, hearing God is a place of surrender rather than a place where I must, I must get the perfect position in my head so I can hear. No, no, he's speaking. Uh, we just forgot how he speaks. We, we tend to make it religious. We want uh, to hear a scripture to give to someone other than instead of God may saying, uh, tell this guy that I see a red ball in his life. And all we go, that can't be God. How can that be God? But we know this guy needs to hear about something to do with faith, you know, that we're, we're sure as he's came forward for prayer that this guy is really struggling with his faith. So we want to hear scriptures or some eloquent statement to him, but instead what I see in my mind's eye is a little red ball. We won't go there. We think that's not religious enough. So on this occasion that this happened to me, and I said, I see this red ball in your life. And the guy began to cry because there was this story that he had used with all of his children and his grandchildren to show them what faith really was, and it was a story that included this little animal who had this little red ball. And only he could have known that, that every one of his kids, he had taught them how to have faith through this little red ball. And all I see is this little red ball. So when I spoke, I see this little red ball in your life. He was freed up from his fear that he had a lack of faith. He was freed up from the place of, of worry and, and doubt just because it was so personal, no one could know but God. So with that story, there, that should open a door as to how many times God has spoke to us, but we have thought that it was our imagination or had to do with us or we needed to get our mind in order and empty it so we can hear God. God speaks through our imagination, to our mind, through our mind, into our heart, in a sense, or from our heart. But it works together. I'm a whole being. I'm, I'm not. One part of me isn't holy, and the other part not. I belong to God. So what am I trying to say? 
The hardest thing for most people when they begin to do prayer from listening is they want to have all of these scripture and all of these sentences and they want God to make sense. And it's not going to happen. God lives in a whole different realm than us and he knows what will touch the people we want to pray for. He knows what will change the situation and it's usually very unreligious. Like smearing mud on somebody's eyes that you made by spitting in camel dung and then putting it on some guy's eyes. That's kind of stupid. Not only that, it's irreverent. And yet that's what God had Jesus do to heal a blind man. So that was his prayer. Jesus' prayer was an obedience to what the Father commanded him without doubt, without the fear that it was going to be wrong, without the thought of, you know, doing this is so irreverent in my culture that I can't. No, he just trusted, and his prayer was in response to what the Father told him, and the man was healed. Oh, uh, I, ho I hope this is coming out in a way that you can understand that we need to remove the religious from our intimacy. We need to remove the thoughts of how, what we have to have to pray the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. And we, and we need to get out of a religious realm if we're truly going to pray the effective prayer. It has to be a God prayer. It has to be spoken from the heart of God to us and then by us into the world. And prayer is not about begging. That was Old Testament servanthood. New Testament prayer is a declaration from sonship uh, that, is, that has a whole different attitude than begging, has a whole different attitude than that which a servant would bring. Oh, my. At, at times, uh, though people are waiting for a voice, a lot of times God's voice just is. It, he doesn't actually speak to me like I'm speaking into this microphone. He, in a nanosecond, he drops something into my head. He, he drops this thing into my head, and it takes me a whole day to write it up. And yet, it just is. It just happens. And a lot of times in prayer, that's what happens. We're waiting for a word when God, in a nanosecond, already gave us something that will take us a half an hour to pray out or to speak out. So it's not so much that we hear God's voice, is that we know it. It's that it happens. It's not that uh, he speaks to us in a way we understand. It's that he speaks and we understand. 